In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betch Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaris. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at all the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. We have such a beefy show. Sammy is back with us. But before we start anything, I think, you know, we all just want to pause to acknowledge that, you know, it just feels weird to be amused by anything within the background, what's happened in Turkey and Syria with more than 17,000 people already confirmed dead. We, We have to we're exposed to a lot of tragedy in the world these days, but this is something that's just on a a level that's hard to comprehend. And so just wanted to like spend a moment to acknowledge that. Uh, CNN Impact has a great list of organizations on the ground. Every dollar counts. I mean, these people, you know, it's, it's sort of the search and rescue is ongoing, but I think people are at the point now where they're not just having to deal with like the immeasurable grief of losing members of their family, but they have, you know, nowhere to go. So uh, definitely keep them in mind, and and we'll be sharing updates in the newsletter, as always. Mm-hmm. All right, and now for our for our show. So and big, now to switch. Now to switch. <laughs> then this has been a crazy news week. So much going on. We will start. We were going to start with the State of the Union. This week, President Biden delivered his second State of the Union address. As you'll remember, the first one he gave was like a joint address. So it's like his first, it's like his third big speech, but his second State of the Union. So I'm going to give some, you know, initial Cliff's notes. He sought to highlight the accomplishment. You know what I'm actually going to read? I'll be honest with you. These are the notes that the White House gave me that I summarized for the podcast. Yeah, let's get into (laughs) it. Who was there? Who was there? You mean President Biden, your friend <laughs> who you met? Yeah. I would rather spend most of our time listening to what you guys think of this day. You know, maybe we'll do a bonus on this. But yes, it was very, very cool. It was much cooler than I expected um, what they let us do and where they let us go. But yeah, very cool. Got to stand Amanda, in front Amanda. of jail. What do you, you think about – I mean, I want to hear – I think we all want to hear some okay. personal anecdotes about the State of the Union. Maybe that first. I, but I do want to hear what the White House wants us to hear. About the okay. state of the union. Yeah. Exactly. So we should go exactly. to us all. <laughs> exactly. Give it to us all. We want to hear everything. So I want to this... hear about the M&Ms and popcorn. Was it M&M peanuts? Was it regular M&Ms? <laughs> Yeah. Right, right. Maybe we should do it. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll do um you know, maybe I'll do an AMA on Monday if we don't get to it today. (laughs) Would love that. But tell us something today, right now. Something today. Okay, well, Bridget specifically asked me uh how his Botox was, and I would say that his face looks frozen at 75. He looks great. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But you know what I will say, you know what I will leave you with is that Elise and Millie, you will be happy to know. Elise and Millie and our audience will be relieved to know, knowing my history, that I was not attracted to President Joe Biden. I think you'll all I feel like I w- yeah I mean I would rather you with Joe Biden than Joe Manchin 
I'm shocked that you're not attracted to Joe Biden. I know. And Joe like, Biden was hot for a he's, long um, time. He's really like thin and trim in person. That's like the difference. That's guy. Like really bad. thin ankles. No, exactly. He's thin and trim. He has like the bright eyes of somebody who never drinks. He doesn't you drink. Can't, you can't change where you feel that electric energy. And Amanda felt it for Joe Manchin and she didn't <laughs> feel it. For Joe Biden, I also will just say that I think you got the clip of the night of Jill Biden apologizing for there yeah. being no alcohol. I loved it. I love our Philly girl. Yeah, and now has a million from, she's views. She's not from Philly, but she's from like Pennsylvania. No, a lot of people said like spoken like a true, true Philly girl. Okay, but also Melania is not going to apologize for no alcohol. Uh, that's what I'm just going to say. Melania yeah. would never. That's she'd true. make you bring um, her alcohol. Yeah, La- Laura yeah. Bush. Right, that's George Bush's wife. Definitely she not Nancy Mar- Reagan. And, and uh, well, Nancy Reagan will bring some other stuff. But and I'm and the other stuff I'm talking about blowjobs. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a Bible. No, she's, <gasps> you don't know about Nancy Reagan's she, reputation. I know you yeah. reminded me that she is yeah. fa- famously. Where did we learn that? that Twitter. She was, I think that's a some, Twitter thing. Yeah, but it was like in some book or something. Yeah, I think it was. Book. Yeah, it must have been a book, <laughs> and then it surfaced yeah. on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I also there was also a viral tweet over the weekend where it was like on a game show. It was like which which politician related person <laughs> sexual that exploits is so went crazy. viral. <laughs> yeah, good of all of them. All right, so so circling back to uh, to the talking points from the State of the Union. So President Biden sought to highlight the accomplishments of the last two years, not just tossing around names like the Inflation Reduction Act, but detailing the actual practical impacts of these initiatives. Uh, so the people that sort of like gave us the hype, the hype message for him were uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, the press secretary, Anita Dunn, who's senior advisor to him and is like has basically been senior advisor to like lots of very important people. Um, and Kate Bedingfield, who's the communications director and also um, the press secretary for the first lady. And they told us that the central theme was meant to be that the administration is determined to finish the job. They said this a lot. He said that a lot. He spoke about policies that Democrats are still pursuing that Republicans will not support, but they're going to double down on uh, just to sort of highlight that they're committed to getting the job done. And he talked about potential areas of obvious bipartisan compromise like the PACT Act and the opioid epidemic. And of course, he spoke about the murder of Tyree Nichols by police explaining they told us that he was going to have, you know, a really personal moment on this. And I think they meant, you know, he was referring to when he never had to give any of his sons or daughters the talk. He also lauded Brendan Seyth, another of the guests, for preventing a second mass shooting in Monterey Park. So those were definitely the the earnest bits and some of those moments that were some of those moments were super memorable. Especially, I I openly wept when the with the couple whose daughter survived can- cancer uh, when he was talking about them to drive you know attention to the moonshot effort. Interesting. I I, I didn't really get that as the overarching uh, theme whatsoever. That's not how I perceived it, but I did think it was a great, really engaging State of the Union speech. It did not read like a list. It felt like it was sectioned out appropriately. It felt like it had a good mix of personal and like real personal, not like prop personal. Bringing Brandon Say, bringing Tyree Nichols' parents, he really felt like he had cultivated anecdotes and feelings of the American people and was trying to actually thread them all together. Truly props to his speechwriters, but also props to him for being able to deliver it genuinely and sharply. And I think that, you know, obviously we'll talk about the big moment of the night in a second, but I think that that, um, you know, little skirmish about Social Security and the debt ceiling actually even helped to pace the speech so um, 
you know, it, it, it livened it at the perfect moment. Mm-hmm. And not only did it point to – not only did it actually accomplish something live for the American people, but it really is the answer to all the questions that will come up about his mental acuity. Mm-hmm. So I felt yeah. really, really great after Well, let's after get right – let's get right into that. So as Sammy said, I I think the State of the Union will be remembered as Joe Biden nimbly negotiating Republicans into a corner while we witness Kevin McCarthy watch himself once again lose control of his party. I mean, just to watch Biden deliver this and then to watch McCarthy literally have to shush them. I I mean, we're going to talk about it. So let's start with that specific Medicare and Social Security exchange. We'll play it here, um, a a trimmed version for our listeners to, to get refreshed. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans... Some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Let me give you anybody who doubts it. Contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I enjoy conversion. You know, it means if... If Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they'd go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant. But it's being proposed by individuals. I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. Look, folks, the idea is that we're not going to be we're, we're not going to be moved into being threatened to default on the debt if we don't respond. <laughs> Folks. So folks, as we all apparently agree, Social Security and Medicare is off the off the books now, right? They're not to be stopped. All right. We got unanimity. I, this was just like, it's very hard to get people to care about Social Security and Medicare when it's not like when they're not staring down the end of it, which they very much could be someday. And it was just like everybody says it was a masterful moment. It was a viral moment. Um, Elise, what, why do you think, what was so impressive about that moment? Why do you think it hit so hard? Um. Well, I think... Number one, I think it is really important to remember when we go into these states of the union that Joe Biden overcame a stutter to get to where he is today. It is hard to do to give a good state of the union is hard when you have not come from that place for him to do it, to have to be reading off the teleprompter, all of that stuff. Like we're really watching someone do something actually really impressive, even if, you know, I never feel particularly roused, I guess, by a Joe Biden speech, but he does do great giving emotional moments like you talked about. I think the cancer thing really hit home because everyone knows his personal history with loss there. What I think was really great about this kind of this exchange is like, and what impressed me is as someone who performs and Millie I'm sure you can talk about this too like when you're on stage and things go south it actually is really stressful and it is hard to keep on top of everything in the moment that I that that is a performance that is high pressure on a level that like 
I mean, it's unbelievable. It's not just for that room. It's for millions of people. You have a speech that you've probably given over and over again. Coming from the place that he comes from, he probably has like uh, special vocal exercises and things that he has built into his delivery to help him with like his Mm -hmm. past with the stutter and everything. So to be able to be off the cuff with those Republicans to take in that moment and to respond in a way that was like funny actually and like kind of showed a level of cleverness which again Sammy alluded to they're always trying to say that he's senile that he has no like that yeah all of that stuff and it's like what he did up there is hard and it's hard it's on it's hard extra hard for him coming from where he comes from so that really just impressed me I thought was really good um yeah, and again, just push back on kind of all the negative narratives about him and who he is. And he got all these Republicans on record basically saying that they don't want to cut Social Security and Medicaid, which they actually fucking do want to do. So incredible. Yeah, I just want to like piggyback off of, you know, as a performer, when someone's heckling you, like you have to be, it's a very thin line to like, acknowledge the heckling turn it back but in not in a way that's not so negative that it makes the audience uncomfortable so the fact that he was able to do that and like lightly be like okay personally i just feel like republicans have no fucking shame so even though people are like oh now he backed on the corner they're on record Kevin McCarthy's on record losing 15 <laughs> times. Like, these people have no shame. They have no dignity. They don't care. They're still going to try. Again, yeah. look at Marjorie Taylor Greene's freaking coat. Like, she doesn't care about looking stupid at all. But at least the voters can be like, well, then they lied. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The d- Democratic messaging can mm-hmm. turn this around and make it strong. And I do think that it's better to call it out than nothing. But I don't. I don't feel like yeah. like that moral corner that people are so like impressed with Biden putting. Yes, like that is important and cool and like as a performer impressive and everything that Elise was saying, but at the same time, that is still the Washington of the past that has like really crippled Democrats in many ways of like you're working under the assumption that Republicans care about decorum, rules, right. not having scammers, all of that, and they don't. Not I having scammers, not, not having someone scammers. who lied about every single aspect of his life literally sitting there. Yeah, or, <laughs> or someone who's Venmoing teen girls for stuff. Like, the, the rules don't, like, you have Matt Gates there, like, they don't care about l- looking stupid, you know, whatever. There's that, yeah. and, like, two other things that I was thinking about with this speech, One thing is, like, the Tyree Nichols, like, moment was so important. It's so cool and transformative to have a president that even acknowledges the talk in a time, again, where there are people actively trying to strip away um, critical race theory courses, African-American studies. Like, there's a big, there's a whole keynote on that yesterday in Harvard I, I almost sent you the clip, but I know I send I send uh, Amanda and Elise clips at no, all. No, there's no the excess of clips. Okay, okay. Because I, I, I was clips. watching that at one in the morning. I'm like, let me not send this. But there are actual threats to like 
acknowledging the reality of being a black person in America and to have the president, like the man in the highest position of power in U.S. government, acknowledge that like there is a difference in all of that is transformative and amazing. That being said, to then turn around and be like, and this is why we're going to give more money to the police. It's like, it's like, what the fuck? Like, okay, cool. So it's kind of like cancels out because as we've talked about on, on air, on Betches, like the whole thing, you know, about the Tyree Nichols thing, of course, like the brutal beating, all of that, but it's like, those were black police officers. And again, it's a, it's a, it's a symptom of the system that exists. And if we're not examining the system, like there's no reform or diversity or outreach that's going to, you know, so to have someone be like, yes, like I'm going to acknowledge these problems and then also give money to make it, you know, it's just kind of like, okay, that, that, that being said, (laughs) someone made a point and that's a new segment. That, that that, 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 that being said, (laughs) it's like chew gum, walking chew gum at the same time. Why can't you do them at the same time as a, as a leftist myself, somebody brought up on Twitter and I kind of have to agree with a million caveats. Joe Biden is probably one of the most leftist presidents. Like the, the even like yeah. the, like the, the conversation, not that he's like the super left leaning socialist that everyone says, but the, the conversation has moved to, acknowledging the evils of capitalism or acknowledging that people should have some kind of, you know, and like that rich people should pay more taxes than poor people. Even to have a president acknowledge that is like one of the more progressive than Obama, more progressive, you know, and like in many ways, a lot of the things that he said at the state of the union is bringing like, is what like more leftist, you know, the, 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 the center has moved significantly. And that's not just because of Joe Biden, you know, Joe Biden again is like the reason why people like him is because he's the center, you know, he's the center. He goes with the flow. He does. He's not like hardline, like a Joe Manchin or whatever, but like, what is everyone doing? Okay. I'm going to be in the middle no matter what. He like kind of sways back weather vane. He's a Mm -hmm. weather vane. So the weather vane has moved left and he has moved left. And you can see that in the state of the union. Yeah. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. I think a good pivot to sort of continue analyzing this is how did you guys sort of like interpret this in the context of him being the 2024 nominee or angling for it, Sammy? 
I felt like his why I think finish the job was not really the right word, the right uh, frame. If that you know, I didn't get that at all because it doesn't feel like he's saying that he's like almost done at all. It feels like if anything, he's sort of starting this new because uh, you know his his first the first half of his administration was really about the pandemic and re- the economic recovery from the pandemic and getting back to quote normal. But I think now what he is focusing on is this very average Joe consumer focused agenda that feels to me about mm-hmm. that feels to me largely about centering the small ways in which government can make our lives better. And that's why I think he spent so much time on the fees conversation. I thought yeah. that was a really, really interesting way to penetrate outside the Washington bubble. Because when you have someone who's like willing to get into the nitty gritty in the yeah, ways they're not that, even resorts. Oh yeah, that was that was really really <laughs> not even resorts. He, you know, it it worked because he is authentic. He was being himself. He actually does not want doesn't think that average people should deal with being nickel and dimed by every company as they're taking stock buybacks. He really believes that. He genuinely seems to believe that that communities need more reform, whether that's like the right thing or not, Mm -hmm. you know, whether he's putting it in the right policy, you know, specifically, that is its own question. But it does seem like he really genuinely cares. He cares about a parent losing their child. And, it, you know, he he isn't – even the conversation around the Medicare, it felt like he would really have been having that privately or publicly. And I think that yeah, that's why people can – I think the appeal he's making is like, trust me, I know I'm old, get <laughs> behind me because I will take care of you no matter what. And I also think it really contrasted pretty nicely, not that they did it on purpose, with Sarah Huckabee Sanders, you know, American Carnage light speech, which was like a Tucker Carlson monologue, essentially. But she delivered it with like kind of emotionless. So it was even Well, that's her. She's always one. Her voice just stays at one level while she's saying the crazy. (laughs) Elise, did this look like a Joe Biden who still wants to be president for a while to you? He, yeah, I mean, there's not a doubt that he's running again. I think, you know, going back to the conversation we had before, I think he did all of the things that we talked about in just appearing as a normal man, (laughs) (laughs) seeming like, hey, if you stick with me, like, maybe you're not going to. I'm I'm actually not going to rock the boat in some crazy way. I have these moderate popular proposals for you proposals that most Americans do agree with you know because as a progressive so I'm not what 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 I feel like negatively about in the speech as a progressive is kind of similar to what Millie's saying is that he'll bring up issues that I really am like this is a huge issue but then propose what I find to be kind of like a milk toast lukewarm response when we're talking about Medicare Medicaid, prescription drug prices for me, anything short of universal health care. I'm just like, well, you're not really getting to the point. But what Joe Biden needs to do to be reelected is say, hi, I'm still a normal man. Uh, I actually am not senile. I actually pretty much have very moderate and chill proposals. And if you stick with me, we can actually start getting to some issues that like were never at the forefront before. I think that 
honing in on the junk fees thing was really smart because Mm -hmm. that who the fuck doesn't know what he's talking about when he talks about that. It's actually really annoying. Uh, Hidden fees, all the stuff that you think you're getting one price. And then at the end, it's actually one hundred and fifty dollars more expensive than what you thought. Airbnb stuff. Yeah. That's like really squarely just directed at like everyone. Everyone can agree with that, but particularly it, it's shown that these kinds of like fees affect, affect the poor way more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that kind of hidden in that message is like, if you stick with me, we can start doing all these other interesting things and making all these other improvements rather than going to crazy town with all of these people who are screaming and yelling, which I'm sure like they've screamed and yelled before. So he was probably prepared at least on some level to be heckled by them. It's just kind of when and how it would happen. But like it, it is kind of a way for him, especially knowing that Sarah Huckabee Sanders is coming up next and she's going to do this Tucker Carlson routine. It's like, okay, you can have a president who's actually going to try to improve your life in this really, like, small but also significant way, or you can have a president who's going to be yelling about bathrooms and, you know, M&Ms and whatever the fuck, all this other stuff that actually a very small percentage of the population cares about or would be impacted by in any way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as you were talking, I was realizing that sort of the junk fees was kind of like – kind of built into that sort of is like, I can't control the eggs, but, but let's, let's, let's get the junk. Let's take care of the junk fees. Like this is a totally different, like don't focus on the eggs. This is a a thing that could make a meaningful, a meaningful difference. I mean, like you said, he did speak to positions that most Americans agree with. And that was clearly the point to really speak to the people that are maybe swing voters are in the middle. And I think that's why a lot of people were fairly disappointed on the abortion part. I definitely have a lot of cognitive dissonance about the speech from that in that respect. It was a triumphant night. It was an amazing speech in a, a memorable state of the union. Um, but abortion got about four sentences, about 30 seconds. He said it twice uh, in the context of, you know, before the word ban. And it's just you know, women are being hospitalized, you know, it's mm. it for it just feels like it it it's hard for me to really understand. I used to be more sympathetic to the argument that it's just not politically worth it to talk about this that much, but it has already cost us the biggest price, which was Roe being overturned. Mm. And I I don't know. I, I just don't know what it would have cost him to spend a few a little bit more time talking about like I think in Jill Biden's box was the woman, her first name's Amanda, I don't know her last name, <laughs> who was hospitalized in Texas. Uh and nearly died as a result of not being able to, to access the reproductive care. Why not reference her? Why not add yeah. one more sentence referencing mm. her? That was very strange to me to invite her and not reference her when, a, like, he referenced, I mean, not, he wasn't like, hey, Bono. There's 26 people in there, so it's a lot of them. Yeah, but, but he referenced, like, for each segment, it seemed like he had a person that he referenced if that was yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. So it's like a glaring so, omission. Yeah, and it's just, I don't know. I do feel like that there is maybe a fundamental level on which Joe Biden, even though he does uh, support abortion rights and all and that I I think that maybe he doesn't fully get it because for it like for it to not appear in a major way, it, 
a right has never been overturned. So just on that basic level. Mm -hmm. That half mm -hmm. the population relies on. Yeah, that is something pretty intense that occurred since the last State of the Union that I think deserves a little bit more time. He really only needed to give it 90 more more seconds for it to have made the dent that it needed to make. That was actually what I was most disappointed in because he could have had sort of the equivalent like, talk the talk moment for abortion like because it's not just about like people who want to get abortions it's a huge threat to female reproductive health care and also do men want their wives to be and their future children Mm -hmm. to be like dying I don't you know so it it really is a bigger issue than I think he made it I agree with you that where the political expedience argument used to be, that's no longer there. And so that's why I don't understand why he didn't just give it like 90 more seconds. Yeah. And the speech would have just been like 100%. Yeah, don't you don't even just say like the lack of abortion rights is killing people. Say like women are being denied, like people, women are being denied reproductive care and it is resulting in seriously negative health, health incomes because of the Supreme Court. That's it. Right. I remember <laughs> we had an interview with my friend who's the director of communications at Sister Song. Uh, the women of color uh, uh, reproductive health organization, and they have a huge abortion fund. And she mentioned a lot of like Kamala partnering with their organization. So I wonder, as we're talking about this, I wonder if it's part of that White House strategy of centering Kamala or putting Kamala instead of Joe speaking about that. Because yeah, I do. uh, I do agree with y'all. Like, maybe he just doesn't get it. It is an important thing that was glaringly missed. Like that was a big missing thing. I wonder, like, you know, and I hope that that is the angle that they're doing as we're talking about this of like, maybe they're reserving all of that for Kamala. But it's just like, I don't know. I I agree with y'all. It's like exactly, and it yeah. kind of just feels like Kamala's like in this impossible position where like she's supposed to play second fiddle and then this and that, but then everyone's like, well, what is she doing? And then all this stuff. Yeah, there's a viral thread over the week, and I definitely want to talk about it on one of our shows, just sort of being like, here's everything she's done, and hmm. it's just interesting because at first I was like, is she just not doing buzzy things? But they are giving her buzzy things, but it's not. Uh, yeah, there's. There's a, there's a confluence of problems. There's a co- with, exactly. That's a nice way to put it. Yeah. What is happening there? <laughs> definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. 
That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. So, okay, we've covered the substance of the speech. Now let's, uh, while we, Sammy's going to stay just a little bit longer for this segment because I just want to discuss some of the scenery. It was just (laughs) rich. It was really giving. It felt like an award show. It's just like, there's just so, so much. We have Bernie Sanders, the only person wearing a mask in a room with at least six to 800 senior citizens. Uh, Right? Because I was like, you're old. I'm like, like, they're all old. They're all. There's there's 535 lawmakers and they all get, yeah, yeah. One thing they all clap for is seniors. When Biden's talking about (laughs) taking care of seniors, they're all on their feet clapping. It's like- (laughs) Yeah, you are all so goddamn selfish. It's just yeah. kind of yeah, because your nice health care that replaced your knees get on your feet. Yeah, yeah. we uh, we also have a uh, first lady Jill Biden planning one on Doug Emhoff. I think we remain <laughs> we really want some more. I think analysis and deconstructing of this. If that was just something they do, or it was like a cheek miss, but there was a lot of there was a lot of chatter. Is that a boomer thing to kiss your yeah, like that's, acquaintances I know. on the lips? Something weird. There's some weird generational situation where I think boomers find it slightly more acceptable to just kiss an acquaintance on the lips, but it was I agree weird. with you. That's the I only like explanation I can cheek offer. Miss. Mm-hmm. I thought or it was that. a cheek miss until I saw the video it and the video... Oh, well, maybe it's a kiss of death, but also, I'm kidding. It's almost like looks like what Elise said, but, you know, like slightly off to the side to make it a little less... But it seemed like how boomers kiss each other. Like, you know, you've seen them do that, right? I just feel like we have to be acceptable and open to polyamorous people in the White House. <laughs> Joe Biden is really giving us the representation. Leftist Not us as in Joe me. Biden. Actually, I probably that's probably the most Republican thing about me is that I'm not interested in a polyamorous relationship. But there are many people who are, and we gotta respect those lifestyles. And if the first lady and first Man, second gentleman, second, second, second gentleman, gentleman want to <laughs> switch it up. You know, if they want to leave, leave keys. When you walk in the state of the yeah. union, you have keys and you switch it up and all that. Hey, what is hey. it? Maybe that's what Madison Cawthorn is talking about—the sex parties and coke. Yeah, he didn't specify which. Mm-hmm. She did not specify which. I'm gonna start referring to Biden, Kamala, Doug, and Jill as a polycule. Yeah, <laughs> we should. I think they should campaign the that way, polycule. honestly, to actually yeah. get the leftists in 2024. The first polycule. That's good. <laughs> On to another couple. That is uh, some interesting things happening. Video footage also showed Congressman George Santos greeting Senator Romney and the crowd. And we see Romney respond. We don't see what he says, but it's clearly an admonishment. Reporters asked Senator Romney what he told Santos. And here is that clip. I don't know the exact words I said. He shouldn't have been there. He shouldn't be in the. In the it, look, he's a sick puppy. Uh, he, he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be there. So, can you repeat that? Why do? What did he say to you? I don't. You said he's a sick puppy. What do you? No, no, no. I didn't say that to him. That. What do you? What you just said? Yeah. You, you just said he's all belonged Yeah. Why did? Why did you want to say that to him? I didn't expect that he'd be standing there, trying to shake hands with every senator in the president of the United States. It's, uh, given given the fact that he's under ethics investigation, he should be sitting in the back row and staying quiet instead of uh, parading in front of the 
uh, president and, uh, and and people coming into the room. Did he look, 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 look Did he, he says he says he uh, you know that he embellished his record. Look, embellishing is saying you got an A when you get an A minus. Lying is saying you you graduated from a college you didn't even attend. And, and he shouldn't be in Congress. And uh, they're going to go through the process and hopefully get him out. And uh, but he shouldn't be there. And, and uh, if he had any shame at all, he wouldn't be there. Why did you, you know make what? a point to say that, though? I mean, it, you went, I mean, it was kind of out of your way to. Well, to he was say standing that. right there in the aisle, shaking hands with everybody. Did he respond to you? Uh, he, he may have. I didn't hear Are anything he said. That Kevin McCarthy has not called on him to resign. Yes. The eminently reasonable Mitt Romney. Yeah, I'm like, I, know. I mean, he's someone finally fucking said it. God I damn. love when he goes off like this. According to Jared Trenchento, so this was very un-Mormon of him. That's not true. Mormons are allowed to be mad at you. I posted that our Mormon followers, which is not a phrase I use very often, but we have a, a contingent. They were like, yeah, no, this is fine. Of but course. yeah, also, yeah, like, obviously. Mormons, I'm sorry. I would say Mormons stick to the rules. These motherfuckers don't even drink coffee. Of course they're not going to like someone who lied. That's what's so funny about Mitt Romney's comment, which is that you see that he's clearly coming from like a completely different moral frame than George Santos, where George Santos would ever suddenly be like, yeah, I better go sit in the back where – because I lied about everything. Like as if he was going to suddenly stop doubling down right in that moment instead of making the whole State of the Union about him if he possibly could. He has no choice but to double down. Where else will he get money? Where else will he get – I mean there are still people associating with him. I don't know what's up with them. But like yeah, he. this is the most powerful place he can be. And I would not be surprised if he, if he is trying to run in 2024 for his seat again. So – going to run for Senate. <laughs> for sure. That he I'm, won't be able to do. But true. No. True, true, he, true, true. But the, see, he'll try. He'll try. He'll try. But, I, yeah, again, I'm not surprised. I loved when he said, embellishing is getting an A- and saying you got an A. He's lying. He didn't even go to the college. It's like, well. Among yeah. other things. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, is it embellishing to say you have three properties and get evicted from five. I don't and you know. live with your sister, like on <laughs> your sister's couch. <laughs> your mom died twice. Yeah. The other yeah. thing about George Santos' response to this is he was like, you know, it's, it's not the first time that I've been told by a privileged person to go to the back of the room, and I'm sure it won't be the last. <laughs> and it's like, spo- then you're a Democrat, is, bro. Like, He is mm, – he doesn't mm. even know what he's saying. I love it. No, no. He, does. he does. He knows. He knows exactly he knows what he's doing. That's why he's at the front. That's why he's That's at the front. He's at the front. Everybody's and hand. honestly, it looks like he got filler last week, 72 oh. hours ago. There is a lot, <laughs> a lot. of injectables going yeah. on in that face. Uh-huh. Yeah. I would love to see some, like a, pla- you know, when the plastic surgeons will be like, oh, yes. I think that like such and such got a boob lift. Like I would love to yes. see someone analyze George Santos's injectables routine. Well, Mitt's like, I, you know, if he had any shame in it, it's like, Mitt, yeah. you don't know any clout chasers? Like, like I'm surprised. Like, you're a Republican. There's you're sitting next to Kristen Cinema. Yeah, it's Cinema. like, it's like, yeah, she doesn't have any shame either. You saw her outfit again, and we're fucking talking about it. Mm-hmm. What the fuck was those sleeves? That high yellow, highlighter yellow ass dress in February. 
which whatever, right? We're, we're past colors in a certain time, whatever. But it's also like, you can't talk about how you're disappointed in a clown chaser and dress up in a group costume as Ted Lasso and fucking the, the British lady for Halloween with Kirsten Cinema. I'm sorry, Mitt. It don't work like that. Exactly. And that yeah. is precisely why even when we agree with Mitt, he's coming from a different place than we are. We're saying that about Mitt Romney, but he's the most reasonable Republican in the Senate. So yeah. if he's he the one peach. hanging out with shameless Kirsten Cinema, he must see some level of plausible deniability in this situation. Mm-hmm. And that but in reality, Kirsten Cinema crawled so George Santos could sprint. <laughs> Yes. I don't know. I'm just like George Santos says he has a gold medal, and <laughs> yeah, he's actually an Olympic medalist. Yeah. Kirsten Cinema sold her uh, biking shoes on Marketplace so that George Santos will sell Splash Mountain water. Oh, on eBay. <laughs> um, no, I'm just like I don't know. Most rational Republican is not the credit that I would like. That's not the impressive thing. You know, it's like. That's why I just like that he had the decorum not to call him a sick puppy to his face. That wraps (laughs) wraps up our State of the Union segment. Thank you, Sammy. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you. Before we move on. What was Trump doing during the State of the Union? Oh. He was accusing Ron DeSantis of being a pedophile during <laughs> Tuesday's address. Trump posted on True Social a photo that people say shows Florida governor and 2024 hopeful looking to be. I mean, he is partying with high school students. At yeah, the I know. I'm like, He's not wrong. (laughs) Exactly. In today's edition of Does Trump Have a Point? So the image has meme text on it saying, uh, saying DeSantis groomed high school girls with alcohol as a teacher and then adding his own commentary on True Social. Trump wrote, no way. That's not Ron, is it? He would never do such a thing. So the picture is a young Ron DeSantis with three young women with their faces blurred out. So again, does Donald Trump have a point? This is the segment we're doing today. So Sammy, there's so much with um, with Ron DeSantis' background, and Sammy goes really deep into it on a recent extra episode. Extra episode. So subscribe to that if you haven't used your free trial yet. This is definitely the time to do it. But in terms of this, this particular claim, so Ron DeSantis worked as a history teacher after he graduated from Yale. He was 23 at the time, and it was at a private boarding school or a day school called, called Darlington School in Georgia. And he was remembered by students as, quote, cocky and arrogant. As for the parties, students say that he was a frequent presence at parties with seniors, and uh, one of the students quoted said she found it bizarre that he would socialize with 18-year-olds. But yes, he was apparently uh, he was apparently there. He was that teacher. I feel like every high school has that one fucking weird, creepy teacher who is a little too involved in the social lives of the kids, and Ron DeSantis was that teacher at that school, it seems. And the fact that it's a boarding school, it's like they probably were all like partying on campus and and like he would go into the dorms and party with these kids. Like, oh, it's and so like, gross. And again, like if he wasn't so it's wrong for anyone to do, but especially from someone, first of all, that he taught history and is so anti-CRT, all that shit, and, like, trying to, like, edit textbooks. It's like, you're an asshole. But it's like, 
you're so like everything about him is like trans people are grooming blah 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 it's like bro you're drinking like first of all what are 17 and 18 year old kids actually drinking anyway like you know that alcohol has to be nasty yeah (laughs) oh i mean my friends we and i would like drink like fucking Everclear. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, pinnacle and vodka. Also- like whipped cream pinnacle vodka. Yeah. Like yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, vanilla brunettes or whatever. Oh my god. Wait, yes. did you used to ask on the Roastalies what was like your first drink? I've asked. I, I think I maybe it just came times, up. Because yes, I, remember, but- I remember you asking that and my answer was a screwdriver and you were like, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's- yeah, that is pretty <laughs> But I didn't know it was a screwdriver at the time. It was just Orange juice yeah. and vodka. But anyway, anyway, where were we? I also have included a picture of Ron DeSantis here. Some other notes, some quotes from the students uh, that I'm reading from the New York Times article are that he was a total jock. That was his personality. He was definitely proud that he graduated in Ivy and thought he was very special. He was one of the cooler guys. He thought that he had a mystique about him and he was very smart. And he would also fight with students about the Civil War. He was one of those. It's not about slavery. It was about, you know, these, the South being able to keep their businesses. One. Yeah. Every school has one teacher that parties with the students. Every school has one teacher that fights with them about the Civil War for some yeah. reason. But this was a and small school. Ron DeSantis school, was so, both. He yeah. served in both positions at this school. Terrible. He also cut also, his own bangs. how are you a jock? You're a teacher. Yeah. I don't understand that. Why are you in the social order of jock versus not jock? Like, you shouldn't be involved in that. He probably, like, hung out with the jocks. God, this is so lame. Also, like, again, like... It's wrong and it's terrible, but it's also like I had one of those teachers, too, and he was conservative. And I just at the moment, like when I was in high school, it it was like weird for me to like I hated him, but I didn't understand why. And now as a fully grown adult who's like still 15 younger than he years younger than he was at the time, I'm just like. It's so pathetic and lame to argue with literal children, teenagers whose minds aren't developing about topics and art, like debate them when they're, you're supposed to be teaching them. You're not supposed to be. And you know, again, this conservative teacher, you know, I just thought it was insanely sick. They said he played pranks on students too. Like what a loser. Like made one of them drink a gallon of milk. Like he's a loser. Like this is loser behavior. Like, Hang out with people your own age. Argue I mean, it's with just, people it's literally, it's age. punching down. Argue with the... other people who went to fucking Yale with you, dude. With like, your own exactly. argue, argue with your liberal, like, classmate at Yale. Don't, te- don't show up in a history class where kids literally have not fully learned all of the history yet. That, that's why they're in fucking class. And mm-hmm. start yelling at them, probably using, like, Yale-level discourse and yeah of course you're gonna make a 15 year old look foolish even if they're actually right because they don't they're not an ivy league educated teacher at the school they're still learning at the school and as you were talking about that like i I, you guys probably had teachers that did this like it's and our listeners probably did too like that dings your confidence it does and you need years of therapy like i don't think i am still over teachers that undermined me that in, in ways I know now were unfair and gave mm-hmm. me like bad, you know, like to have to have an authority do that to you in front of your peers, especially young women. Like one of the people quoted here was a young black woman who said that she felt like he was hostile towards her, especially in these conversations about he like history. Is. Yeah. Of course. Uh, yeah. 
like the New York, the of New York you know, felt. Of course he was. Of course he was. Of course. Because I was a black woman. And it's just like sick. It's like it's it's a sick instinct to want to do that to people younger than you, to teenagers. And especially again, like the like it's it, it's probably so validating that like that black woman has grown up and seen Ron DeSantis like take the positions and the things that he does. It's like, oh, it wasn't just because I whatever. It's because he's a terrible person. But it's also like, yeah, I mean, again, my my high school was majority black and Latino. And to have a white, older conservative man like talk to us and like yell at us about climate change and like argue with us. It's just like, again, like so demoralizing. It makes you feel stupid. It's like, well, maybe I should, you know, and it is like a way to indoctrinate people. And it, and it's so lame and probably people who are his peers because I have people all the time and even online, even online, we all encounter those crazy people who like every time we post a, a video on Betches about something, they're like, okay, no, do it about Joe Biden. It's like even people our age who are like this kind of anti antagonistic thing, when you're like, at least, why doesn't he yep. argue with people who at Yale, like liberal people? These people probably know not to engage Ron DeSantis because it's a waste of their time and he does yeah. everything in bad faith and that's not a good use. So instead, like he imposes and By forces process himself, of elimination. Yeah, he just you know the only ones there. In a, a fifteen year old who has like still like gathering their worldviews and has nothing else. So Donald Trump does have a point, guys. <laughs> Donald Trump does have a point. Donald One thing I do want to say before we move on from this is that I do just think, and I said this to you guys in our group chat, that it is so funny that these two are not even officially running against each other yet. And Donald Trump is already at, you are a pedophile. <laughs> Who's grooming who? Where the fuck are we going to be? I'm excited. When this crime, like what could I'm we possibly- Millie is grinning ear to ear. I'm so excited. <laughs> like where do we have, like what deaths will we sink to by the time these two men are actually running against each other? Because Ron DeSantis responded to this kind of and was just like, I don't spend my time attacking Republicans. And it's like, <laughs> number one, that's Lame. not going to fucking cut it. Hell no. <laughs> that is not going to get, he called you a pedophile a friend. No, <laughs> number two, that that only works when he's not literally in a primary. As soon as he declares, then actually your job for the next six months is to attack right. other Republicans. So, I, I mean, it still remains to be seen how Ron DeSantis is actually going to handle this stuff. I And I also, if I was Ron DeSantis, I'd be like, you were on Jeffrey Epstein's plane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he's not going to go there. No, and this won't. is the thing. This is the thing. And that this would be is amazing so if they excited. did, though, if they just each other set it up perfectly oh for Democrats yes. to win. Spy like, we don't even spy. have to accuse anyone of grooming. They're exactly. already doing it. Like, this is why I'm so excited. Because <laughs> let me tell you something. It's Ron DeSantis, a double agent. Well, well he's sometimes. He's an agent of chaos only. He's yeah. an agent of chaos. But I'm like, Donald Trump. Terrible human being, terrible father, amazing poster. He's so good at this. He's so good at the memes. He's so good online. He's incredible. He's an incredible poster. So yeah. this is where he shines. He's a content and creator. Whether, 
content creator. And like the stupid, first of all, like the antiquated meme fuff from 2012. Yes. The like, Amazing. why would he ever do that? Like, incredible. I'm just never going to fucking forget the Elon Musk, the Elon Musk read where it's like, I could have told you to get on your knee. <laughs> I'm obsessed. So this is what I want. This is exactly yeah. what I want from a Republican primary. Ron DeSantis don't got it. Again, he's like, I don't spend my time attacking Republicans. Yeah, you spend your time attacking children. Yeah, good for fucking you. Mm-hmm. Um, no, again, if we're starting off with pedophile. We're starting with pedophile. Start of, it's giving like pedophile. table flip first season of New Jersey Housewives. And that is going to be that is going to be the and energy. people ended up and in like, jail. So I, I've been talking about this. I was just talking about this with a friend over the weekend. I do think DeSantis can beat Trump in the primary. But he will come out wounded in yeah. ways that we cannot imagine. And this meme that yeah. Donald Trump posted yeah. is just the beginning of whatever wild ride we are standing in line for right yeah. now. <laughs> Soon we will be led into our seats. We will be clipped yes. in and the roller coaster will begin. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's what I say a lot. Like, you know, there's some guys, you know, I'm a pretty big woman and all this stuff. And like, there's some guys I'm like, you probably can harm me, but you will come out harmed yourself. <laughs> you will come out fucked up. I'm not going to win this fight, but you will have damage. My favorite stand up joke of yours, the, the one that always that is when you say um, when you talk about getting on top. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, I was one of that, but yeah, every exactly. Time. But yeah, Rondis and again. Anyway, anyway Rondis. No, 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 no. no I'm going to no. circle back, but it's just like, like Elise said, Donald Trump, Rondis Angeles can be Donald Trump, but it's just going to set it up so much. We're going to have so much terrible material about yeah. Ron DeSantis that Joe Biden is literally going to be like putt putt golf right there. Knock it in putt, putt. with the most mildest milk toast shit that Joe Biden will do. It sets itself up. I think it's going to be holding great. a toddler up, up to the hoop. I mean, exactly. you know, I don't even think we need to do our men. Okay. Today. I think we'll save it for next week because I think we have our answer after <laughs> pretty much everything. Joe Biden is okay. The rest of his gender struggling. Yeah. I think Mitt Romney this week is okay. Okay. I wasn't sure. I was going to pose him because I, I was kind of like, does he have something going on at home? But I think this is just a genuine, genuine moral outrage. Mitt Romney, what you have to understand about Mitt Romney is that Mitt Romney is the guy at the end of the day on the Friday before Christmas break (laughs) who's like, teacher, you forgot to give us our homework. That's Mitt Romney. And George Santos is the one who stole everyone. He changes the clocks. He's the one changing the clock clock to 2.15 on the last day of school. Yeah, and like, but then everyone has to suffer because of George's dumb thing. No, he's the one that ruins the pizza party for everybody because he won't shut up. And as someone who's been there, (laughs) 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 as someone who's been that, that's George Santos. So to have those two, I'm excited for the Republicans. I love when they make asses of themselves. Yeah, it's been it's been a rich text of a week. Thank you for coming along with us. That is our show. Until the end of democracy, for Lisa Morales, Millie Tamaris, and Sammy Sage, this is The Betches Up Podcast, and I'm Amanda Duberman. Bye. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. 
social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.